The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Better never rest. What is up, everybody? It is Thursday morning, 8.33 a.m., and uh, it's time for the Georgia Show. I'm Jake Rowe, Senior Editor at Dogs HQ. It's Palmer Toms, our team beat writer at Dogs HQ, and we've got a few things to cover today. Georgia does not have a big national signing day. That was yesterday, first Wednesday in February. Long live the first weekend and first Wednesday in February. Uh, It is the old national signing day, but it is definitely old at this point because – not nothing happened really for Georgia except for the addition of an intriguing walk-on. And we're going to get into that and we're going to talk about why it's intriguing if you haven't been following along. Uh, we're going to talk about dogs in the NFL draft. Uh, you know, Todd McShay, no longer at ESPN, but still a very involved draft analyst, has something to say about a, a fan favorite Bulldog. And then we'll continue our look ahead, a quick look ahead at Georgia's 2024 schedule with Auburn. Uh, Palmer, real quick, before we get into anything else, tell us what's going on with Georgia basketball right now because nothing good. (laughs) Yeah, four straight losses, um, you know, a late tip last night. So got to have got to have the coffee ready for this one. Um, You know, they they come out on the losing end of the uh, Battle of Bulldogs at Mississippi State and, um, you know, just. Couldn't quite get things going offensively. That's kind of been a struggle for this team, um, especially in the second halves of games. So, um, you know, just just I, I think I understand, you know, we've got a lot of people wanting to talk basketball on our message board. And, you know, I'm I'm always more than happy to do it. I, I'm, you know, certainly welcoming that as somebody that has covered this team over the last, what, five, six seasons now. Um but, you know, the, I, I would say, you know, that there is probably a little bit too short of a leash with Mike White. People are very frustrated with him at this point. And, um, you know, I think that maybe some of it has to do more with the players and honestly, the strength of the SEC, um, because Georgia is, you know, competitive in all these games and, you know, teams, previous regimes probably wouldn't have been competitive and, you know, maybe the teams of previous regimes would have been, uh, you know, winning a lot of these games because the strength of the league wasn't, you know, quite yeah. what it is now. There's, you know, nine projected teams in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, Georgia looking like it might be on the right side of the NIT bubble right now. Um, so we'll see. Um, you know, Georgia hasn't played postseason basketball since 2017. And so I think making the NIT would be certainly be a welcomed improvement. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you you hit on something key there. And, and listen, when I say what I'm going to say, we're going to be done with Georgia basketball real fast. But, um, <laughs> man, Mark Fox made a couple tourneys. Wouldn't have made a tournament in today's SEC. Just wouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. It just wouldn't have been there. 
Um, and, you know, listen, this team is getting – is better year to year. Um, we'll see if they can come out of this swoon because the swoon last year was at the end of the SEC schedule. They lost, what, like six straight games? Um, you know, right now they're, what, on a four-game losing streak? Four games, yeah. Yeah, they need to they need to kind of come out of this and, and maybe try to climb back a little closer to 500 in SEC play before the season ends. Um, to really feel good about maybe where the direction is headed. But, you know, Asa Newell, you know, elite talent on the way. There's not an elite talent. There's not an NBA talent on this roster right now, it doesn't feel like. Uh, maybe you get an Asa Newell in there and, and maybe get a guy that you can kind of, you know, lean on as a closer maybe. Or or even if he's not a closer, maybe he, he you know, takes some attention away from some guys that have closing ability but can't really do it when they become the – the focal point of, of where things are. But have lost to Mississippi State last night. Um, they've let a couple of games, very gettable games, get away from them at home. Um, those really sting right now, and there's no doubt about it. Palmer, Georgia adds a, a preferred walk-on on National Signing Day, but not your everyday walk-on. Jeremy Bell from Clinch County, um, you know, obviously you kind of dug into this one a little bit, you know, writing, uh, writing the commitment story there. What did you learn about Jeremy Bell? That he's an incredible athlete. I mean, just – you know, watched his highlights, watched, uh, you know, looked at the stats. And, you know, it, it, like you said, it's not your traditional preferred walk-on. Um, this is a kid that's was committed to Indiana, uh, you know, had an offer from Vanderbilt. So he's turning down Power 5 opportunities, um, if Power 5 is even what we want to call it anymore. Um, but he's turning down those Power Conference opportunities um, to end up at Georgia, you know, not on scholarship right now, but – you know, you pointed out on the board that it wouldn't surprise you if this is a kind of kid that ends up on scholarship at some point. Um, you know, plays basketball, has some pretty crazy highlights there. Um, Average, you know, 15.2 and 16.6 over the last two seasons, um, two full seasons there on the hardwood. Um, you know, big guy plays, you know, with that, that size. He's, he's a rebounder in basketball and, and he's a jump ball guy in in football, you know, can go up and get it. You know, he's also got the speed, won the 400-meter dash for, uh, you know, his classification and, and you know, qualified for the 300-meter hurdles and the long jump. So this kid's an athlete, um, did, did a little bit of it all, put up um, over 1,000 yards this past season, um, accountable for 20 touchdowns for Clinch County um, on their way to a uh, quarterfinal exit in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Clinch County, uh, I'm very familiar with the program because it was our arch rival in high school down at Atkinson County. I mean, that there was a good rivalry there. And so I've, I've gotten to know a lot of people from down there over the years and was speaking to a guy that that uh, just recently stopped doing the radio broadcast for Clinch County. And, um, you know, he, he got together with some guys down there and, and told me, he said, man, listen, we have seen very few athletes playing for or playing against Clinch County come through here of, of Jeremy Bell's ilk. I mean, he is a, um, you know, I mean, it, the only guy that they could clearly come up with that was just absolutely better that they had seen in person on the field with Clinch County football was, uh, was Champ Bailey. Um, that was the only guy they could come up with. That pretty was good. Pretty player. good player. Pretty good player. And, and he was obviously clearly better. Okay. But, um, you know, you're talking about, you know, Jonathan Smith, uh, who played for Georgia Tech and was that played in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills, I believe it was, was a punt returner. Um, you're talking about Matthew Thomas, who played at Atkinson County with me and and uh, was a really good wide receiver at uh, South Carolina. 
Um, you know, you're talking about some really, really good players. And, um, you know, the, the, the book on, on Jeremy Bell is that at, you know, pro- probably around 6'1", um, you know, not, not you, you think jump ball receiver and you think, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, maybe 6'3". Six, now he's about 6'1". Um, you can see elbow above the rim type stuff on, on, on his basketball highlights. Uh, you can see a lot of make you miss and, and and some just raw speed in his football highlights, high points to football real well, a real physical player. Something we need to think about here, and while it wasn't announced, right, while it wasn't just didn't just come out there, um, we know that Lad McConkey came to Georgia as a preferred walk-on. Um, that that Lad McConkey came in, he spent one year's preferred walk-on. They love what they saw, and they put him on scholarship the next year. Uh, he took the he took that opportunity. Will not shock me. I'm not saying that I, I would probably be a little surprised if he had a Georgia career like Lab McConkey did. Okay. But would not surprise me if he's, if the same scholarship pattern holds up where, you know, by year two, he's maybe on scholarship because he is an elite, elite athlete. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, did, did Georgia announce Lab McConkey on signing day? I believe they did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they that. did. And you and, can announce preferred walk-ons. I mean, they can sign and everything like that. I believe Lab McConkey was, you know, part of the class. But at this point, I mean, we knew it. We kind, we pretty much knew it at the time. Um, right. We knew it at the time, and you don't want to put that out because if they're not going to put it out, then then you know that's their business, and you don't want it to seem like, okay, well, you know, they they brought this kid in as as a walk-on and. You know, if they don't want it out there, then it's not going to be out there. But we've learned since things players have said, things coaches have said about earning that spot, and, and that's what Lad did. Um, and again, I, I wouldn't dream of saying this is the lad, next Lad McConkey. I'm just, I'm not like that. I'm not like a hot take guy or, or trying to, you know, excite people about this kid. But what I am saying is, uh, you know, you talk about having a Vanderbilt offer. Um, you think if Georgia had it to go over again that London Humphreys wouldn't have wouldn't been in a Georgia uniform um, right away? He didn't he didn't have very many offers either, and you know Georgia went after him hot and heavy as soon as he entered the transfer portal. Um, Jeremy Bell is a big time player, man. He's a big time player, and you, listen, you don't even get a preferred walk on opportunity at a place like Georgia um, if you're not a really really good football player. It's a little tougher as a skill athlete because we've seen Georgia over the years go out and recruit those six, three plus 280, 90 pound plus guys to come in as walk-on offensive linemen. We've seen them fill a lot of those spots with guys like that. Uh, but for them to go out and take a skill guy, and, and, and it's not unheard of. Jalen Johnson played some major snaps for Georgia. Makai Muse. Makai Muse. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, Georgia has had some dudes kind of step in. And we got them yeah, I, that, I feel yeah. like – and and you mentioned that you know Georgia has gone out and gotten those linemen. I feel like and probably has something to do with you know the size and strength of the caliber you know scholarship guys that they're bringing in. I feel like the the preferred walk-ons at skill positions have had a bigger impact than no doubt about any it. of the linemen because they're able to go out and get bigger, stronger, faster guys to play in the trenches, but. You know, if you're a good, you know, receiver and you can go up and get the ball and you run great routes or, you know, you you know what you're doing in the backfield, you can, you know, you can earn a role. Yeah, those skill guys, especially, you're right. Especially special teams. Exactly. You're, those skill guys, it goes back to kind of, you know, I mean, I know Dion is kind of persona non grata in college football now for all the noise that Colorado made last year. But, 
you know, he had a point, and, and you know, uh, Shadur Sanders had a point too when they talked about, hey, listen, you know, a lot of these skill guys can, can, um, you know, the, the skill guys from HBCUs and, and, and group of five schools and even FCS schools, they can hang at a power five level. Hell, we've seen it. Like we've seen Georgia share the field with guys like Andy Isabella and, and, uh, and, and, you know, um, the, the kid that went to North Carolina, the Walker kid, Tez Walker, Walker yep. um, uh, Quintez Cephas um, is another one um, who, is that his name? Dantes. Montez Cephas. That's right. There was another Cephas out there at some point that got into some trouble. I think he went to Wisconsin. Um, but we've seen those guys, you know, kind of match up and then make the jump. Um, you know, Juice Wells uh, started his career that way. So a lot of these skill players do it. Georgia stocks up on the linemen because Kirby's always had that philosophy. Um, hey, there's only a, like a 1% of the population that's 6'3 or taller. Um, so we're going to go out and get big men and see how they develop. And none of those guys have really developed into – you know, consistent contributors at Georgia. It's very, very tough, especially when you recruit the trenches the way that Georgia does. But, you know, listen, I don't know what position Jeremy Bell is going to play. I I assume wide receiver because that seems to be where Georgia needs the most. They signed five five-star prospects per the on 300 this year. Um, uh, three of them are defensive backs. So um, that's what makes me think that that Bell will probably end up as a, as a wide out at the next level. Um, but yeah, I, I, I tend to think that, that this is a very, very good get for Georgia power five offers watching, you know, him just eyeball test in general. I remember folks from Atkinson County telling me early last year that, Hey, if you hadn't, if you haven't seen the kid from Clinch County play, um, you need to check him out. And I remember reaching out to some folks down in Clinch asking about him and uh, they got back to me right away and they're like, man, listen, he's raw. I don't know what's going to happen as far as how good he's going to be. They started throwing the ball a little bit this year. He was doing really well. Then I think they had had some issues at quarterback where um, one of their guys, maybe they lost a quarterback. I'm not sure if it was injury or some off field stuff that kind of go back to a single wing. And then when they did that, you know, he kind of became a, a ball carrier for them. And you see that on film too, um, him do some pretty special stuff, but not trying to gas this up as a as the next big addition or or an answer to any sort of issues that Georgia might have in recruiting receivers, but I am not going to be at all surprised if this guy is is making plays for Georgia at wideout. Um, we've just we've seen it before, and uh, I tend to think this kid is as talented as anybody that they've that they've signed as a preferred walk on at those skill positions um, since Kirby uh, Smart has been at Georgia. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. All right, Palmer, let's look at the NFL draft. And Todd McShay came out on Ryan Rosillo podcast on Monday talking about the Senior Bowl. And he said that Lad McConkey's skill set as receiver, route running, acceleration, speed, um, ball skills, second to none. Says he sees him as a plug-and-play player. Now, I've made my thoughts known on this. I've never I've never once doubted Lad's ability. I'm worried about the medicals and how teams are going to treat that. 
but he sees Ladd as maybe a, a potential late first round, early second round pick. Um, you know, none of us doubt Ladd, the player. What are you thinking as far as uh, as as far as your thoughts on Ladd at the Senior Bowl and how much that helped him? Yeah, it definitely helped. I mean, because you look around at all these mock drafts right now, and um, you know that is a name that has is popping up in that. 33, 34, 35 slots of of these two round projections. And that didn't seem to be where he was popping up. Um, you know, th- there was some talk before the senior bowl field Yates put out there, um, said, you know, hey, I, I think that we're gonna look at Lab McConkey after this week and there's gonna be some first round buzz around him. And, you know, I I, I looked at that and, you know, kind of like what you said coming into this, you know, segment is that None of us have ever doubted Ladd the player. Um, you know, I, I, we've all seen what he can do between the lines, but he's got to be out there. And the injuries, um, you know, his his size is probably, you know, a little bit of a concern. Very interested to see what he does, how he does at the combine, because I think that is going to be a big, big, big part of this process for Ladd. Um, those medicals absolutely are going to be a part of that. And that may not be something that we hear about until draft night. I mean, you know, that was the case with, uh, with Nicobe Dean, you know, yeah. he, he starts Nicobe Dean, Darnell Washington, Keely Ringo. I mean, yeah, all Keely. Yep. It, you know, it just, it seems like we learned that at a very late stage in the game. It, we, 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 it starts to trickle out. We learn it when it's convenient. I mean, right. if, if a kid slips, Oh, well, Hey, look, they have medical issues. But if a kid goes early, we'll look at what he did on the on you know the field, and you know teams see that and they 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 watch the tape. So um, it's it's almost like it's almost like we hear it on draft night because everybody feels it. Every like everybody has it's clear when a guy starts sliding that something's going on, and it's almost like when everybody else knows, when everybody knows that everybody else knows, then they'll start letting it leak. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's that's that seems to be kind of the way it goes and. Um, listen, I, I've got my fingers crossed. I'm rooting for the guy. He was a blast to cover. He was always – wasn't all that interesting as far as speaking to us in the media, but he was always kind of humble and, and you know, had a good spirit about him. Incredibly when he Incredibly polite. Uh, yeah. You know, just – yeah, I mean, he – if good he can be on the guy, you know, like, I mean, you know, good good off the field guy, did a lot of great things in the community, was, yeah. a, was a, you know, good works All-American, Danny Warfel guy. So, I mean – Campbell Award, I mean, you know, a a good student. You know, that is somebody that I think that if he can stay on the field, he's going to have a really good NFL career because he's he's quick, he's shifty, he's, you know, everything that you want in a wide receiver, he's just not 6'2". Yeah, and he's, you know, he's 187 pounds. And, uh, you know, what's going to happen at the NFL Combine, I think, you know, if I had to predict, i say he's going to go jump well, he's going to go run well, he's going to probably be a little stronger than folks think he is. Um, I'm just worried when they start, you know, tweaking ankles and tweaking knees and stuff like that, doing MRIs during the pre-draft process. I, I just hope all the cartilage is where it's supposed to be. And because if there's something degenerative, somebody's going to knock the hell out of them. I mean, that's yeah. just the way it's going to happen. And, um, you know, it, it happens to a lot of guys. It doesn't happen to some, you know, like it didn't happen to Sony Michelle. Um, you know, Sony Michelle had some degenerative issues in his knee and the Patriots took him. Now we can talk about the Patriots questions and whatever, but they took him. He helped him win the Super Bowl. Um, 
So sometimes, you know, when you're at certain positions, they'll say, all right, we're going to, we're going to get the best four or five years out of you as a rookie. And then, you know, then we're going to cut you loose and you can fend for yourself. Uh, But let's move on to Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint catches a touchdown in that game. And again, another guy that was great to us um, made a lot of good plays for Georgia. I think he's a really good player. Do you think Georgia fans might be getting a little too gassed up about Mark? Because they're, I mean, you, you look on Twitter and stuff, and they're like, better career, gonna have a better NFL career than he did at Georgia. Uh, you know, some folks thinking maybe a t- number two wide receiver. Man, it is so hard to be a number two wide out in the NFL. And I, 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 don't, to see. I don't think that it's unrealistic that Marcus has a better career in the NFL than he did at Georgia. And, you know, you look at all the guys, um, that were around him at Georgia and, you know, lad being one of those and, and Brock Bowers being one of those, like, I don't know where the targets, where you take targets from to get the ball in the hands of Marcus Moore. Um, you know, obviously had earned a role and was out there and playing as a true freshman was a, you know, highly touted prospect coming out of high school, um, you know, and, and earned a spot on the field gets hurt. And, and that was, a, you know, a, tough tough recovery for him um you know and you know then that second year I I think that he was still you know whether he will admit it or not I think he was still getting comfortable um, yeah yeah no doubt and and obviously you know he was on the field I mean he you know you go back and you watch that national championship game and the Bowers touchdown the the final um you know score the one that put Georgia up eight points there um Marcus had a huge block and so you know, he was on the field a lot and a major contributor for that first national championship team. Grew into a pass catcher more. Um, and, and you know, I, I think that that's a credit. You know, you can probably credit Brian McClendon some with that, um, you know, and, and his development. Um, you know, I, I think that he's got a lot of great traits. Um, you know, like like I, what I said with Ladd. Ladd is not 6'1". Ladd is, you know, not you know, 200 something pounds. Marcus is those things. And so, you know, you look at Marcus and he's got everything that teams want in an NFL receiver. Um, You know, and and I just, I don't, I I probably agree with you. He's probably not a wide receiver one. There's only 32 of those out there. And, you know, that's an incredibly hard tier to be in, but I think that he can have a really good NFL career. And, you know, I, it would not shock me one bit if he had a better NFL career than he did a UGA career. I would be a little surprised, not because I don't believe in him. I think he's going to stick around and play a lot in the NFL, but maybe a Josh Reynolds type guy that, you know, played, uh, I believe he played in uh, Los Angeles uh, for a bit and then um, ended up at uh, with Detroit, had a couple drops this year in the playoffs. I'm going to see a lot of that from Marcus Rosemey Jackson. But, but if he has a Josh Reynolds type career, is that not better than the? Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know Josh Reynolds' numbers. I, I, I'm talking about just from a numbers perspective. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if you're, if, you're a, if you're a three or a four or a five receiver in the NFL, there aren't going to be a whole lot of targets for you there. Either. I want to say Josh Reynolds was the leading receiver for the Rams one of those years because he ended up with the Titans after that. Um, and, and I th- he really replaced. I want to. Say, I was looking into this recently while watching those Lions games. Um, I, I want to say it was the year that Cooper Cup was out for the year. And, um, you know, obviously that's the Rams receiver one. And, um, you know, then then Reynolds kind of got boosted up a notch in the uh, in the depth chart. So to me, I mean, I think a Josh Reynolds career, you know, 
Yeah, that that would be a big time success. It would be a huge success. Now he does have a couple of 600 yard receiving seasons. This past year was one of them. Um, uh, I mean, it would be a phenomenal success. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I do think think he has a chance to be a successful pro. I just don't know that 600 yards in 16 games um, is better than kind of what he did at Georgia. Uh, but listen, it's not going to shock me if he sticks around. That's for sure. I mean, because he does block. I, I believe he'll go in and he'll play special teams. Um, he's going to do what's asked of him, and and he's a he's a fantastic player, fantastic kid. Despite the speeding issues, you know that. I mean, I had those myself. I mean, we all have them. Um, you know, he he, uh, he he's a good player, and I think that um, you know folks might be a little too jacked up maybe about him right now. Um, but I do think he has a chance to go have a pretty long, successful NFL career. Chris Conley, playing in the Super Bowl, has had a very good NFL career. Um, had a very good college career. Led Georgia in receiving twice. Uh, was one of the first guys to, one of the one of the last guys to do that. I mean, one of the last two or three guys to lead Georgia in receiving two times in in, in consecutive years. Um, you know, Brock Bowers, I think, is the most recent. Um, Did three years, three yeah. straight. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely believe in him as a player. He made some big catches for Georgia too. I mean, you look at the um, there was uh, I believe there was a nice catch against Georgia Tech in 2022, right there at the goal line. The catch in the back of the end zone against Tennessee was another good one. They getting Georgia off to a good start against Kentucky this past year. Uh, had a really nice game at Tennessee uh, this past year. It was really a little bit of a vol killer uh, if you want to think about it in his career. Yeah. yeah, and and one thing that I would say with Marcus and. I, want, I think he had some pretty big catches in that 21 game up there as well. Um, I, I could be wrong there, but um, I, I think one thing about Marcus is that a lot of those catches that he made are not going to be highlight reel catches, but they were important move the chains, you know, type plays that kept Georgia drives alive. And, um, you know, really good in that, you know, third, Georgia being the best, uh, you know, third down team in the country. Marcus was really good in that kind of a role, you know, get to the sticks and, you know, run a little curl route and, you know, step out of the bounds, you know, get be, make a play on the sidelines type deal. So, you know, hey, Jake, you mentioned Brock Bowers there as, you know, somebody that led Georgia in receiving consecutive seasons. Brock made the rounds at uh, Radio Row yesterday um, out in Vegas for the Super Bowl. Let it slip that he might want to play for the Titans. I mean, th this Nashville kid is pretty excited about that opportunity. Oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it, listen, I think you want – Brock. Where, where, where do you think Brock Bowers is, is probably best fit in the NFL? Give me 32 NFL beat writers, okay? And have them all go ask the question, do you want to play for the team that I cover? And Brock's going to be like, yes, absolutely. I love it. Well, Brock, I love the idea of playing hey, for your team. That, that's not how it was. It wasn't, <laughs> hey, hey, Brock, do you want to play for the Titans? It was, Brock, where do you want to play? You know, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think it'd be cool to play for like, you know, Tennessee Titans or something. You know, he, he wants to go eat the he wants to go eat the banana peel and all, right? He, he so wants to stay in the South is what he wants to yeah. do. Hey, that's um, pretty crazy coming up coming up from Napa and doing that. I mean, uh, man, I I think Brock's going to be really good no matter where he goes. Um, it, I mean, it, I do wonder a little bit about the fit there in Tennessee because they just had so uh, the Titans have had such a tough time like getting consistent pass game stuff going. I know they got a new coach and everything. New like head that. coach, yeah, new head coach. The other one that I've seen a lot, and I, and I haven't seen Brock to the Titans a lot. Obviously, that was just a conversation that came up yesterday. The one that I think I've seen the most is him going at five to the Chargers, and 
you know, being, you know, the first draft pick of Harbaugh era out in L.A. That would be fun going to play for a really good quarterback like that. A guy like, listen, Will Levis has exceeded my expectations. I was a massive Will Levis hater. Still am. Um, you're going to definitely do a victory lap if he crashes and burns. You, you, you hate anything that I like, Jay. No, that's not true. That's not true. You didn't I'm like him. When he was, I, did, I didn't like him at, at Kentucky. I, I thought he was so overrated. And then he's a gifted kid. I mean, big, strong arm passer. Um, but, I mean, Justin Herbert's been really good. And, you know, I think a hardball offense would be pretty good for him. Um, but, I mean. Who, who has had success in the NFL with, you know, and obviously a different era of football, but Vernon Davis when he was out there with the 49ers. Yeah. I, I would I would just – I think, you know, you look in – I don't know the draft order per se, uh, 24 uh, NFL draft. Great. And, and a lot of this obviously has to, you know, do with the quarterbacks. And sure. that's kind of what sets the draft. And- quarterbacks and good teams. Like, I mean, I, I think I would rather see them – you know, obviously the, those two things coincide more often than not. Well, I'm, I'm saying the quarterbacks and, and you know, where what teams feel like they need a quarterback, what teams are going to jump up and go get a quarterback. You know, that's kind of what determines the draft. Because to me, Brock Bowers, no team I feel like has a need for a tight end. But, you know, that's the kind of player that could be the best available, you know, maybe from the first pick on, um, you know, and, and it's a matter of, you know, hey, can can we afford, you know, in, in the Titan situation, they need offensive line help. You've right. got to protect, you know, a, a potential franchise quarterback there. Um, you know, so do you go with what you need and, and do you do that or do you feel like, Hey, we can kick that down the road, and you know, or we don't feel like we have huge needs out there that can be addressed in the first round. Let's just go get a really damn good football player. Yeah, that that's a that's a definitely a way to look at it. When you look at kind of the top half of the first round of the NFL draft, um, there is really only one quarterback that you feel confident, and that's Justin Herbert. I mean. You got Aaron Rodgers there. Yeah, and, those, those two things typically coincide. They do. They do. Some, but a lot of times you've got a trade of some sort that slipped in there. And, you know, you've got one or two or three teams that have a chance to add, like the Eagles last year, right? Um, yeah. You know, like you've, you've, got a, uh, you've got a chance normally that there's at least two or three teams up there that maybe don't belong up there because they're, a little, they're set at quarterback. But, um, like the Chargers are at five, Justin Herbert. The, you know, they're – you got the the Jets at ten with Aaron Rodgers coming back, but Aaron Rodgers has always kind of been, you know, he's never really been a tight end guy. He's never like tight end all the time. You go, oh man, Aaron Rodgers. Is, I remember fantasy football back when I used to play it consistently. Every time he got one, it was like, oh man, Aaron Rodgers has got a tight end now, and then nothing. Jermichael Finley, I remember, went to Green Bay to die. So I mean, that was just. You know, you look, uh, you know, I, I would definitely, for Brock's sake, don't want him to go to the Broncos, not because they're a mess of a franchise or anything, but because uh, they just don't have a quarterback and the way they treated Russell Wilson. Um, you know, you get the 16 at Seattle and Geno Smith, still not in love with that. Get all the way to 17, you got Trevor Lawrence, um, would be a nice, you know, will would be a nice addition there. You, I mean, you look at 15, 15 Cincinnati, and maybe one of those two teams, maybe Jacksonville or Cincy could trade up and get him. Yeah. I, I, listen, I've seen I think him. Cincy could trade up and get him. Yeah. Massive. I mean, you want to talk about set up for the future. Yeah. I, I've seen him mocked a couple times at 15 to Indianapolis. And obviously that's a quarterback that the, you know, story's still out on and Anthony Richardson, but that obviously there's a lot of excitement there. Um, 
you if know. he goes, if Brock goes to the NFL Combine and runs a four four six, he ain't going there. Like he, right. I mean, he he's. I don't think he's slipping out of the top ten. Somebody no, and, and, fall in and, love with that. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, obviously we've got a lot of Falcons fans that that watch this show, and you know, a lot of them wouldn't wish him to Atlanta, but um, you know. If if they can figure something out at the quarterback spot, you know maybe they end up getting Justin Fields, or they end up uh, you know uh, you know signing Kirk Cousins or whatever. Um, you know that that could be a good you know quarterback yeah. spot. But you know I don't know that the Falcons are in need of a tight end because uh, you know because they've got a uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and I don't know that the Falcons would draft a tight end this high again for fear of another Kyle Pitts situation. Wherever Brock goes, I think that team is definitely going to get better because uh, he's just a better football player. Now, uh, Palmer, one thing we've been doing here lately is we've been looking ahead to Georgia's schedule. We did Alabama on Tuesday. Rusty and I did. Let's look to the Deep South's oldest rivalry, Georgia and Auburn. Played in October. Hate it. Nobody likes it. Don't know why it keeps happening. But hey, at least it's October and not September. It's not September. God, at least, it's, at least, at least it's in Athens and not Auburn, the, the crappiest press box in all of college football. You don't um, know what our new one's going to look like. Yeah, it's, well, we don't have one yet. So, uh, you know, it's, we'll see. I I, th- I tend to think that Claude Felton on his way out said, treat my guys right with this new press box. It's what I'm going to choose to believe. until I'm I choosing to believe that it's going to be his press box. The Claude yeah. Felton. Oh, they're going to name it. The, yeah, they're, the, the, something about it's going to be named after Claude. But so – all right, you. If you look back, Palmer, and I did, I did a little, did a little, uh, did a little digging up here. The we'll last pass. time that that Auburn was able to stay within 17 points of Georgia at home in Athens was in 2016. That was when Auburn was number eight, and Georgia was unranked. And Georgia scored one 13-7 uh, on a pick six from uh, from uh, Maurice Smith, uh, and then so you, you take that's that's one. Georgia wins by 27. The time previous to that, Georgia wins by 38. No, I'm sorry. That was I'm I'm screwing that up because they played twice in a row in Auburn. That's a sore subject. They won by 38 still in 2011. Um, and uh, you know, Georgia won by seven in 2009. Georgia won by 25 in 2007. It has been a house of horrors for Auburn in Athens, Georgia. And I think it's going to be the same again this year because uh I don't know why. Um, I'm sure some Auburn folks could kind of shed some light on this, but uh, Auburn apparently thinks they're good to go at quarterback, and I have a tough time seeing that. Yeah, that's that. I mean, when you told me that we were doing a little bit of Georgia Auburn look ahead, that was the first thing that came to my mind was have they figured out quarterback? Because I, I think that, you know, and, and one thing that interests me about Auburn this year is that Hugh Freeze is going to be calling plays and. We saw the way that that worked for them against Georgia. Um, that was the first game that he, you know, took those reins again. And, um, you know, they were able to use, you know, some some different things with Peyton Thorne. And very interested to see the kind of development that he makes from year one to year two. Um, if I'm not mistaken, actually, I know this for a fact, Peyton was a, a, you know, spring pickup and so didn't have spring practice you know, jumped right into it in fall camp. You know, you, you got to wonder what 15 practices without, you know, a, a you know, opponent to prepare for, um, you know, what, what that could do for him. And, you know, obviously they've, they've added some talent in, you know, the wide receiver spot and um, you know, they've, they feel good about it. 
I don't feel as good about it as Auburn folks do. Um, but I think that, you know, you've got a chance to see a better Auburn team this year. I just don't know that they're going to be as good as Georgia. Yeah, especially not in Athens. I mean, it's, you know, like Kirby said ahead of the Alabama game this year, it's like, hey, you know, Alabama's a great football team. They've gotten better as the season goes on. They're playing their best ball right now. And don't try to tell me about, you know, them at Auburn last year, last week, as I've, I've been in that stadium before. And it's, it's a tough place to play. Auburn does a really good job, um, you know, with that home environment. Um, but I look at the overall, just the overall team and talent level, um, all the turnover that happened with that coaching staff this offseason. Um, I still think a Auburn's lot of it, a and, lot. And I don't think that – while I do think they added some really good wideouts in, in the 2024 class, I don't think they addressed some immediate needs in the portal. I think this is more – and I'll give Hugh Freeze a little bit of credit on this. Uh, I, I might as well give him plenty of credit on it. I I, I, don't, I think the guy's a douchebag, personally. I, I don't think he's a, a good person at all. And I think his track record kind of proves that. And, and I'm sorry, Auburn fans. I think he's a really good football coach, though. I do. Um, and I think Auburn fans would have – it's funny. They would have said that several years ago when he was at Ole Miss. They would have said the same thing about him. Some, some might still say it. Yeah, some might still say it. But um, – Ultimately, I think, you know, he's he's aiming for a little bit of a long rebuild, a healthy rebuild, as healthy as you can in the transfer portal, and not just trying to create this vicious cycle of of transfer after transfer after transfer. Kind of so like what Ole Miss has created there. Exactly, a little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's hard to debate what's going on with them because they've been really successful. But, you know, they, they, you, you get into the portal heavily and you cannot get into a kind of perpetual cycle there. I think Florida's a little bit caught up in that whirlwind right now. Florida State. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, again, you keep bringing up teams that are pretty good, though. But, uh, okay, <laughs> it's, it's, I, guess my point there is, I guess my point there is that you can – build it that way but it's it's hard i think you know the, i think it's still the tail is still out on those teams and whether it was a successful strategy of building a program or building yeah, true true but I, I think he's i think Hugh freeze is kind of going about it building from the high school ranks in a, in a in a healthier way than some teams are doing it so we'll see how that works out and see how that you know helps them in athens where they've needed a lot of help for a long time. It's been, I believe their last win in Athens was 2005. So we're, we're coming up on 20 years since Auburn has won um, a game in Athens. And uh, uh, I know I bring this up to you every year, but when I go to that game in Athens this year, I'll have went to every Georgia Auburn game in Athens since shoot, since I believe the last one I missed in Athens went to 95. Yeah, you weren't born yet. This guy was not a thought then. Yeah, yeah, wasn't even my, a my parents weren't married then, Jake. Oh my god. <laughs> now listen, I was only twelve years old, but but still, um, you know, it's ninety five was the last Georgia Auburn home game that I didn't go to, so I got a little streak going there. And and one thing that I will say about that game is, you know, what's going to be interesting is Georgia's coming off of. Alabama the week before and so you know what kind of a game after the game wear down effect is there going to be um you know obviously well, I think we've got a bye week two weeks before that right but I and I think that it helps that they've got that game at home um you know that they have Auburn at home um you know I, I just did a glance over the Auburn schedule they've got Oklahoma Oklahoma, Oklahoma in uh on the plains the week before so you know it's yeah, not they, like they've they, got they some play their first 
five games. That'll be their first road game of the season. That'll be their first road game of the season. They play their first five at home. Alabama A&M, Cal, New Mexico, Arkansas. I want to say Auburn had a situation like that last year where they played like the first half of their season at home as well. Well, Georgia did. Georgia, Georgia did. did. Yeah. Auburn was their first away game, at, you know, but that was that was after four straight games at home, I believe. Yeah. Auburn opened the season. I'm completely wrong. They yeah, were they, they had they did play at Cal week two. Yeah, they did and play college that. station the week before. So. Oh boy, and that 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 Cal game was uh, was uh, was not ambient in non pill form. I tried my best to watch it. Um, fell asleep like nine times um, and just couldn't hang in there. Couldn't. Yeah, do it. if if we think the nine o'clock tips for Georgia basketball are bad, talk about a ten fifteen Auburn football kickoff. Oh boy, that was that was rough. That was rough, and I believe that was on the same night that. Alabama, Texas played as well. Um, I was funny, funny enough. I was, uh, we're running long here, but funny enough, I was just as interested in Tennessee, Austin P as I was Alabama, Texas, because that was, that was also a, a tornado of ugly um, in, uh, in Knoxville for that one. Let kind of let you know what was coming for Tennessee on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but hey, so no bark after we will be back with you Sunday, uh, Sunday, uh, probably during, probably during the day. Uh, because it's Super Bowl Sunday, we're not going to compete with the Super Bowl. Uh, but um, we bark after dark, no bark after dark this Monday. We will not have it there. We'll be off for the rest of February and be back with you in March for bark after dark. And then two days next week, Tuesday and Thursday, right back here with the Georgia show for this one. I'm Jake Rowe. He's Palmer Toms. We're Dogs HQ. Y'all have a great weekend. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>